Pace Podcast. Weird. Yeah, you there? <laughs> you gonna Hello? go? Yeah, you, you always get on me for talking <laughs> over the. the I music. was dumbfounded that you didn't open your mouth during the music. Yeah, I, I'm learning. You know what? I'm, I'm practicing self control. Uh, Jan- Janet Jackson talked about control. <laughs> no, wrong one. Oh, well, let's go ahead and jump into that. Let's go ahead and jump into. Well, our, well first of all, let's say what we're doing. Oh, here. wait a minute. My name's Aaron. My name's Craig, and we are the Weird Podcast. You try to say we are weird. We are weird. A little bit. Um, we are at the annex today. Yeah. The alternate studio. Yeah, because honestly, it's where the real work happens. I like it here. Yeah, I do too. And we come by here every once in a while. Do actually do work here when we're not recording. Right. Like show prep and what have you. Band meetings. We have band meetings here. <gasps> Autographs. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what did you want to talk about? Okay, so it's our Friday episode. Yeah. This uh, this this is uh, episode 256 of Weird. We're nearly to 400. And we usually wait to the end of the show to say this, but hey, tell your friends. Spread it around. Let everybody know. And if somebody says, how do you get them? Just say, let me see your phone and subscribe them. And we, we're like big. We're a big deal down in Kuwait. Kuwait. We were number what? You think that's 31? No, think, we were number 25 last week. You think week. that's the, the uh, U.S. forces down there? You must be. They're listening I hope to us? so. We love you guys if you're listening. Yeah, hey. Thank, thank you for your service, each and every one of you. And if you just live down there, thank you for listening. Yes. We're not just, you know, thanking the, the service. No, whoever's listening, women. thank you for listening. Hey, if you're listening at all, heck, I don't know. Maybe those numbers lied. But, it's, you know. Hey, what if this is their first episode to listen to? Uh, We're sorry in advance. We would <clears> like <throat> to know that. Uh, we'd like you to know that our podcast brings peace to countries everywhere. But this is the Friday episode. They actually play this over the loudspeakers until the enemy retreats. Yeah, like MASH. Yeah, exactly um, like that. Um, we have two episodes a week, every Monday, every Friday. We like to we like you to start your week with weird and end your week with weird. Friday episodes, we do a little thing called movie reviews. It's not really a, like you say that like it's something unique, like no one else does it. No, I didn't say no one so else does it. So we're talking about movies, and I... Whatever. So, um, no, I did not watch the movie you wanted me to watch this week. You wanted me to okay, watch... Okay, that's my movie. You talk about... Okay, we each saw a movie that was... Mine was a documentary. Okay. I saw the somewhat controversial four-hour documentary, Leaving Neverland. Now, it's only controversial because the Jacksons tried to stop it. They are going to sue, the estate's going to sue HBO for upwards of $100 million because they don't like what's in the... I, uh, I, I think this is one of those documentaries, first of all, not family-friendly. It's a lot of very explicit talk going on because of the nature of the uh, allegations. Um, Am I correct? It is two parts. There's two. It's two parts, two hours apiece. Okay. Uh, and um, it's the two two of the guys that actually, at least one of them, maybe both of them, uh, testified in his defense during the trials. Oh, really? The, the one guy, Wade, did it because uh, he said he he was really terrified to go out with the truth. But you'll come to your own conclusions, what you believe. It doesn't matter. Michael's gone now, but... You, I came away really feeling like this is very likely that it's true. They've even interviewed jurors that are saying now that they couldn't 
convict him because it wasn't beyond reasonable doubt. Yeah. But they think they thought back then that he was totally guilty. Yeah. And there's some, the stories between the two guys, the, the whole, um, the whole documentary centers around two men who were, well, you know, boys at the time. They, this, this time period ranged in their lives from seven to like 14 or 15 years old. This happened to them. And they're telling their stories. It's four hours long. It's ridiculously long. Did it hold your interest? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's uh, the one the one guy, Wade, who went on to be like the choreographer for like NSYNC and Britney Spears. If I was if I was going to say there's one person in the movie or in the documentary that made me go, I'm not really sure if this is real or not. He might be the guy that made you feel that way. The other guy, be honest with you, totally sold me. The, okay. the, other, the other guy seems so genuine and their stories match up. That's the other thing. There's a lot of things about their stories that match up, and I won't go into the details. And don't watch this if you're easily, uh, I want to say offended is not the right word, but it's just if you're squeamish, because this is not the stuff they're saying. This is not a musical documentary about Michael Jackson. <laughs> this is not. This is a Michael did things wrong, and these two guys are stepping forward and saying. So uh, it was It was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, you make your own conclusion. My personal conclusion is I think it's pretty plausible that Michael is guilty, but it doesn't real it it matters, but it doesn't matter at this point because he's gone. Right. But I think uh, it matters. I think I think it matters the truth to the needs vic- to be out it, there. Well, and also uh, the, the, to the victims, it matters. But yeah. I mean, as far as anything coming out of it, um, but like I said, it's there's a lot of stuff um, in the uh, in the movie that really does match up. Yeah. Um, the two guys, you know their stories yeah uh, what they said happened and, and this and that and and it's not really that have they met do they know each other they knew of each other okay. like when they were younger they knew of each other like okay you know from being the kids that were in the entourage or whatever yeah. but they didn't they they have since you know they were on an oprah special about it but uh they i mean the thing is that no one ever i saw an article going through the list of things that we know for being fact uh, doesn't matter what they say. We know for a fact, and and you know this whole thing about having kids in his room and all that kind of stuff. Right. That, that was already known. Yeah, he didn't hide any of that. So when you start going down that list, and I don't remember what they all are right now, it's pretty compelling. So this must be a funny podcast. That's kind of depressing, but uh, it was it was very interesting. It's on HBO, or uh, I saw it on a. I don't have HBO, but I got a one week trial of it. You can get a one week trial of uh, HBO Go, and I watched it on my Apple TV. Um, and. Uh, oh, and I'd, I'd give it. Uh, I'd probably give it. I'd probably. Give, I'd probably give it close to five out of five uh, sequin gloves. <laughs> <laughs> five out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then I saw a movie. We were flipping through Netflix Saturday night. Lori was looking for something to watch. She stopped on a movie called Paddleton, which is a Netflix movie. Uh, He's Dumas. the cutest bear. <laughs> not, not Paddington, Paddington is great. Paddleton. Uh, it's a Dumas Brothers. Uh, production and Lori loves Ray Romano and so do I. But and so no, everybody hates him. No, <laughs> so we watched uh, Paddleton and it started and within thirty seconds of the first scene, I was so glued to it and absorbed all of it that I had trouble sleeping that night. And it went through my mind. The whole movie kept replaying through my mind. And it touches on a very serious subject, but it's a funny, funny movie. Uh, one review I read said there's so many more laughs than there are tears in it. Uh, it's it's 
it did, it, and I didn't think about this until the next day I posted something about it on Facebook. And uh, our friend Cassandra, your friend Cass, mm-hmm. said uh, she want, she would watch it. She she said, thanks for the review. I'm looking for something to watch. I'm not so sure she enjoyed it as much as I did. Well, it sounds like nobody did. <laughs> no, no. Every review I've seen has been fantastic. You're wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> anyway, so they um, what she said was, because it kind of deals with euthanasia. And, and I have a... You now, know, is that, are, those, are those kids in you know, euthanasia, are, those, are, are those kids in China that are like fifteen and under? Or? Euthanasia <laughs> seem to be a lot smarter than youth in America when it comes to math, <laughs> and that's what it kind of does. I'm just kidding. No, but it does. That part of the story didn't. I didn't even really think about it after they first mentioned it because this isn't it, that a funny word though. Yeah, but these two guys are such good friends. Well, they're just pretending to be their actors. The 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 characters friendship their bond really struck me and made me think i thought and i'm still thinking i actually watched it again sunday night the next the, the next night i watched it again and i plan on watching it once you get the criterion edition <laughs> i will when it's available i give it uh let's see i give paddleton six out of five no answer shirts no answer shirts yeah six out of five i'd say like six out of five biop- i think that's the highest six, rating six out of five biopsies that's the highest rating I've ever given anything on the that's show. That's not even a proper rating. I know. That's, I just, like, that's like your amplifier going up to 11. Well, it's like my books. Like when I, I keep a journal of books I read and I rate them. And Why it, would you do that? One through five. Who does that? I do it. And if a book is so good, and this only happens like once a decade, I'll, I'll put a square around the wait, five. Wait, 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 wait. What do you do? People come to your house. You say, hey, you want to look at my journal of books I've read? No, it's just for me to look back <laughs> How over. I've rated them for everybody? There's there's probably, I've been doing this. Guys, kids, come inside. Ten come inside. Aaron's going to show us his journal and tell us which books are really good. Oh, please. I started, I started doing that back in, uh, I don't know. 96 97 sometime around and there and you go back and look at the list yes i do often because sometimes i'll forget I've, I've read a book you know i'll have to go back how many look. books do you think you've read in my life in, in, in your inner journal how many books are in there uh probably a thousand that's crazy yeah i read i read 50 a year at least but you're weird because you even admitted to reading war and peace i did read war and peace loved it which is like a thousand pages or something isn't it yeah it's a big book. It's definitely a big book. Is there a lot of war and or peace? Both. Yeah. There's war in it, and then there's... Are there plantations? Peace in it. Isn't it a period piece? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is, for it, real. No, it, it is, it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame was was long. All, all, of, all of those books. Do you, like, do you like books with gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, it depends on the story. Whoo. I'm okay. not, not going to continue the dialogue. Six I'll out do. of five. Well, we're kind of we're turning back up the happy in this. This is a depressing first ten minutes or so. Of well, this. you had to review that sad, sad documentary you watched. Wait, wait did you tell anybody? Is, is Paddleton sort of family friendly? Is it not? It, it really is. It's a couple, got, a couple of bad words. Yeah, it's got a few bad words. And Ray's character gets mad a couple of times. Funny, because everybody hates him. Like a, a, a burned pizza makes him mad. You know, uh-huh. and his uh, hair should make him mad. That hair looks weird, doesn't it? It's weird seeing Ray with that hair talking like this. <laughs> Are we going to get the stories yeah, before everybody falls asleep? Yeah, you ready? You better ready to do this? Yeah. Talk story. Wisconsin man in panda suit sparks 911 call by neighbor who reported a big teddy bear. You call 911 and say, hey, there's a big teddy bear. A Wisconsin man's attempt to play a prank on his neighbors ended up devol- devolving uh, into a literal pandemonium. <laughs> oh, sorry. You want this? 
last month after police were called to a neighborhood on a report of a suspicious animal. The muskego, muskego, you muskego, <laughs> musky ego. Do I have to go? You muskego. Police department told CBS 58 the incident took place on February 22nd after a resident contacted authorities to report a panda bear being spotted at the front door of a home. Oh, that's cool. The caller thought it was suspicious since panda bears are not native to the Badger State. Um, I don't know. It's called the Badger State. The Badgers. I realize that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a big teddy bear, the caller told the operator in a recording uh, of the call. When asked for further details by the operator, the caller replied, Teddy bear. Honest to goodness, it's a teddy bear. (laughs) Officers responded to the home and made contact with the panda bear, who turned (laughs) out to be a 48-year-old resident in a costume. No joke. The man who does not want to be identified told CBS 58 he had been asked to dog sit at a friend's house and thought dressing up would be a fun prank. Oh, I knew my neighbors had the security camera set up, and I thought, well, I'm going to going to make an uh, ordinary i'm going to make uh, the ordinary extraordinary <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm going to dress up like in a panda outfit uh he told the television station just as i was about to pivot up and walk up my lawn i turn around and see at least three squad cars <laughs> and a fourth and a fifth coming I so hope they, drew, I hope so they drew their weapons if i walk outside why would they draw pictures of their weapons <laughs> if i walked outside yes in my t-rex outfit my inflatable yeah, yeah, t-rex yeah. outfit yes that that warrants no pun intended calling the cops no but if you walk up to a neighbor's house who everybody knows is on vacation in your dress that would warrant if you really it is suspicious if you really think about that imagine a guy in a panda suit walking out with tvs and stereos it's just not gonna work i don't know it might i don't think so he could be there from panda repair uh friend of mine told me one you're right yeah panda repair yeah um uh that's write that down go ahead I'll wait. Uh, who needs Geek Squad? I, I want Panda, Panda Repair. Panda, Panda yeah. Repair. So uh, I had a friend of mine tell me one time that, uh, I don't know if this is a true story, but it sounds great. He told me it was true, but I kind of wonder. Here's another true story for you. He uh, he was the neighborhood he was living in over in, in Nashville. They some uh, somebody came, was it, What was it? girl came home. These guys were looked like they were turning their car around in the driveway, and they dropped off the side of the thing, got out and helped them move the car. Oh, no. And then they waved them on. She went back around the back, realized they'd just broken her house and stole all her stuff. <laughs> she helped them escape. But, but I think the cops told her it's good that that happened that way because if she would have confronted them, then it could have gotten really bad. That's true. Could have been bad. But neither of them were wearing a panda bear outfit. That's probably what kept her from being suspicious. I would well, think. anyway, the man said he knew his neighbors had surveillance cameras and wanted to prank them by donning the $125 suit. Now he's bragging. <laughs> yeah. He said... He's also picked up his daughter from school in the suit and greeted her at the school bus now that since pandas are our favorite too. animal. Police eventually made contact with the homeowners who verified that the panda was allowed at the home. The residents told CBS 58 she was just thankful her neighbors are looking out for her property. Well, I've got a little audio here. I've got the 911 call, so let's take a listen. And do you have a description of the person? <laughs> it's a cl- it's a- Spit it out. Big hairy bear. What? Queen the bear. <laughs> Yo. Hey, the big what? I'm sorry. I'm hairy sorry too. Peen the bear. <laughs> Somebody dressed as a teddy bear? No, yep. peen the bear. <laughs> okay. It's Go ahead. This guy's the worst 911 caller. I'm telling you. 
What's he saying? I can't even understand him. I shut him off. Okay. That's it, so it's a pan Wait, there's okay. more. We do have officers that are going to be in the area in just a moment here. I just They're going to be bear thing. hunting. Like, can you still see them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Okay, thanks, mister. In the meantime, people are really having emergencies, and this guy's okay, wasting her time. Exactly. They'll give you a call back shortly and let you know what's going on, okay? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Thank you. It's a pain Thank in you. Bye-bye. Where was this? It's a pain. Wisconsin. Thank you. I can tell. I'll be out front having some cheese. Headline That's what is? they do in Wisconsin, right? Uh, do they? Got a food, uh, kind of a food fight story, kind of not. Headline is, Throw Throw Burrito is a card game that weaponizes Mexican food. Would you play Throw Throw Burrito? Yes. <laughs> throw Throw Burrito, a card game that's quite civilized until one of the players picks up a foam burrito and throws it at another player. We got to try this, Craig. Well, people throw burritos on this show all the time. We do have a lot of uh, burritos thrown here. This is the fourth card game from former video game maker Elon Lee and digital cartoonist Matt Inman, the creator of The Oatmeal. You've seen The Oatmeal, right? Yeah, I don't care for it. You don't? No. Yeah, it's kind of a weird... People think it's funny. It's, it's a weird comic. Uh, the family-friendly game has uh, blown past its $10,000 Kickstarter goal and reached $820,000 in a day. 29 days. <laughs> 29 days. No, 29 days to go. Oh, it yeah, did that much right. in one day. I, well, that's a lot. So Lee is the former chief creative officer over at Xbox. Why he left that job, I don't know. But he quit four years ago to create the tabletop game Exploding Kittens, which we've all heard about, played, and seen, and whatever. Uh, Emman created the hilarious art for the game and helped promote it on his comics website, The Oatmeal. Throw Throw Burrito combines a card game with dodgeball, and that really does sound fun to me. Okay. Players have to concentrate on collecting cards, but once they collect three key items... Players can start hurling foam burritos at each other. Since it's uh, so physical, fights can actually break out as many as eight times per game. It becomes fun to watch the game. It'd probably be more fun to be a spectator. I must be missing something. It doesn't sound fun to you? It doesn't. No, it doesn't sound. It sounds, you know. What he said was, while our other games had animals, we realized we had to depart from animals. None of us felt comfortable with throwing an animal, but most of the fun with us is with throwing food. What is if it's a if it's a stuffed animal, who cares? Not me. But they wanted foam burritos for that. They have already got exploding kittens. I mean, how much harm can they do? Well, that's true. The team tested different objects and even took a trip to China to examine materials. Uh, the people at the factory seemed quite puzzled at the Americans throwing things at each other for product tests. I bet we look like idiots <laughs> to a lot of those Asian folks. No. Have you ever seen their game shows? Yes, their game shows are funny. No, no, we <laughs> yes. don't. No, I'm saying we don't. No, no, I'm saying we don't. We don't look stupid. No, these people that went over there with suits and ties to examine this, this start having a fake food foam fight. I don't think they look at us. I don't think they they are allowed to look at us funny, considering that their game shows are the most ridiculous things. Some of them are awesome. They're entertaining, but they're just. Do you remember Most Extreme Challenge? Used to come on uh, one of the cable channels. I can't remember. It's kind of like Wipeout, but to a they they take it up a few notches. 
This kind of game well, is they similar. They had one where they would just, whoever could stand around and not go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. It was like just the weirdest thing. This kind of game is similar in spirit to Exploding Kittens and the company's other games, Bears versus Babies. Oh, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good at all. And you've got crabs. Hmm. we got another crab story coming up, either in this episode or the next. Lee said he wanted to make the game uh, lure people away from their screens and back to each other. Now, that's a good idea. I'm all for luring people away from screens and back to each other. You just said out loud, you're all about luring people away. <laughs> Not from their screens. See, you, you pick what you want to hear. Whatever, Mr. Jackson. <laughs> the company of 22 people uh, comes up with these games in part by shut, uh, shutting down for hours to play games. For us, the mission is what does the next step of the tabletop game look like, Lee said. It's an important theme. What happens when you lure people away from screens, push them toward each other? Our games are not designed to be entertaining, but to make people who play them entertain. You were like... Was I popping a lot? Every time you talk. No, that's fine. Just keep going. I'm just making (laughs) fun of you. That's it. I'm I'm done. I'm just making fun of you. Story's over. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed your... Is that okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm done now. Well, it's your turn. No, I mean, I'm done. I'm out of oh, here. I'm okay. out of here. Hey, so a uh, man proposes to girlfriend after winning wife-carrying race. Now, see, there's a foul already, even in the title. Yeah, there is. There <laughs> but, is. But go ahead. The annual UK wife-carrying race has ended in joy after a proposal between the winning couple on the finishing on the finishing line. <laughs> yes. Uh, after com- completing the tough race in treacherous conditions, Chris Hemsworth, no, it's Chris Hepsworth, uh, surprised his girlfriend as he got down on one knee to propose to Tanisha Prince, both 28. The couple will now enter the world championships in Finland as man and wife after placing ahead of the pack. I, see, if I was like second place, I would, I would stream foul. I mean, how did they even get in this race? Yeah, because they were girlfriend. Now they're wife. Right. Yeah. They're not even yet. I mean, they're just engaged. Right. That's not even official. No. And this is a wife carrying race. And this guy came in first place. Well, we are in a world where uh, men that now pretend to be women can now compete in women's oh, events. So, oh, boy. So, so it, yeah. it really makes sense that a girlfriend could be a wife in a wife carrying race, even though she's a girlfriend. <sighs> yeah. It leaves me scratching my head. I took it there. Yeah, I d- you I did. did. Mr. Uh, Hepworth proposed to Tanish. Tanish. Uh, after being presented the trophy... Tanisha. It says Tanisha right yeah, there. Yeah, there's a letter missing. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, she uh, He proposed to Tanisha after being presented with the trophy beer keg um, at the finish line. The happy... The happy Was this in Finland? It's in the UK. Oh, keep, keep because up. they had a finish line. Keep, I didn't know if... Uh, oh, gotcha. <clears throat> I, sorry. I'm trying... I'm distracted by you crawling around over here, digging through your jacket and stuff. What are you doing? Okay. Are you done now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back. I'm back for good. Okay. The happily, actually the happy, <laughs> newly engaged couple leapt into each other's arms to Wait, rapturous applause. Happen? They leapt into each other's arms? Yeah. Would they hover? Yeah, they hovered above the ground in each other's <laughs> arms. From the crowd after Miss Prince said yes. Before getting down on one knee, Chris said that Tanisha had been an amazing wife to carry. She was a girlfriend. That's right. She's not a wife. But that he wanted to go to Finland as a proper married you, couple. I told you it was Finnish. Because it was a Finnish line. Well, that's right. Tanisha said, <clears throat> what Tanisha say? <laughs> she said, Tanisha said, 
He woke up with bad ribs, and I was trying to persuade him not to run. I've woken up after eating some bad ribs before. It was yeah, not pretty. That's probably true. Race organizer Rob McCaffrey said, Oh, it's the first time for the wife carrying rice. That's No, that is a first time for the wife carrying rice. What was? I don't know. Really glad you put a <laughs> ring on it. It doesn't say what it is. Really glad you put a ring on it. He's talking about their proposal, and I'll tell you why it's the first time, because it's a wife carrying exactly. rice. Dozens of people carrying, uh, let's see, dozens of couples carrying each other in various gender combinations. Okay, well, there again, that does not, aye, aye, that doesn't aye. fit either. No. Brave the wind and the this rain. This race is stupid. In dorky Surrey, no, it's dorking, dorking Surrey. On Sunday morning, competitor James Parker, who was carrying Megan Clarkson, Clarkson said, the footing was a bit slippery. There was a few holes on the ground. It's a bit of a death trap. <laughs> Most couples opted to race in what organizers called the Estonian hold position, which involves the person being carried hanging upside down right. on the carrier's back with their thighs dangling onto their chest. That hurts my brain to imagine <laughs> yeah. what that means. It's like Twister. They had uh, to clamber over hay bales, go up hey, and down hey. a, hill, a hill, and have buckets of water chucked into their faces while they raced over the 380-meter course. Chuck. Organizers claim to be keeping alive the uh, tradition that originated with the Vikings in 793 AD and persisted for around 300 years. Wife carrying was reintroduced into the UK by the UK wife carrying race in 2008. After an absence from the shores of nearly eight, of 900 years, according to the event website, and Robin Leach. <laughs> you do a really good Robin Leach. Robin Leach. He Life's, passed on, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, Lifestyles of the rich and famous. He went on in. You think I could maybe take his job? Probably. Uh, we should do Lifestyles of the Poor and Unknown. How about Lifestyles of the Lazy and Useless? <laughs> I love it. Hey, I want to give a shout out before we get too deep into the show. You and I had a conversation. Kind of already are on uh, Facebook with our with our super listener Jason. Ing yeah, Ing Ing Jason Ing 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 and I appreciate it. He uh, he kind of he he started out by just sending us a, a photograph of his record collection, and I was pretty impressed. By the way, he's got some Ramones in there. It was okay until he started sending pictures of him without his shirt on flexing. <laughs> he never did that. But he's oh, pretty he, oh, proud oh, of he, his... He uh, didn't send that one to you? No. He, he's pretty proud of his uh, Willie Nelson box set. Did you notice that? Yeah. Well, he should be. <laughs> I asked him, got any REO in there? You know what You know what he said? said no. He said, that's where we part ways. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Jason, I, I still like you, even though that. Uh, but thanks for sending us that. And if, if you, listener have a record collection i'd love to see it send, send it to us on facebook send it to aaron's record collection pictures and sorts of things that i'd like to look at at gmail.com <laughs> jason is a real good guy he's he's fun to chat with uh are you gonna go to the next story yeah headline is all of my stories tonight are going to do with mexican food headline is oregon man survives off taco sauce while trapped in a vehicle with his dog for five days now, is this the guy that plays it at the nickelodeon or the guy that plays it at the carnival <clears throat> Put another nickel in, in that Nickelodeon, Craig. Keep going. Oh, sorry. The snow traps Jeremy Taylor, but taco sauce saved his life. Band name tonight's band name: Snow Trapped. Ladies and like gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Snow Trapped. Snow Trapped. It all began last Sunday. <laughs> Actually, or Taco Sauce Saved His Life would be a good one too. Go ahead. <laughs> it all began last Sunday when Taylor, along with his dog Allie 
went to get gas for his Toyota 4Runner, according to the sheriff's office. Taylor, and this is in Oregon. Taylor you told, didn't want to try to say that, did you? Taylor told the investigators that his SUV got stuck in the snow. He then fell asleep and woke up. Oh, I heard this story, Monday actually. to even more snow, unable to get out of the vehicle. He tried to walk out uh, Monday, but the snow was too deep and made it hard to walk, so he and his dog returned to the vehicle. Sunday had been the last day he was seen, the sheriff's office said. By Wednesday, a missing person's alert was put out for Taylor. What about the dog? What about Allie? Over the next few days, after initially getting stuck, Taylor told authorities he stayed warm by periodically starting his vehicle and used a few taco sauce packets he had his food. Boy, it had to be rough going down. <laughs> the sheriff's office said. It's not clear how he or the dog got water. Well, they're surrounded by snow. Yeah, There's that's water pretty everywhere. obvious. Yep, yep, yep. A person can live five days without water and six weeks without food. I can't. I, I have trouble going 24 hours without five food. Five days without water. Yeah. Six weeks without food. Can you imagine going five days without a drink of water? That'd be torturous. Do I still get Diamond Dew? <laughs> On Friday, a snowmobile rider called 911 saying that he had seen Taylor. Authorities responded with an Oregon water resource snowcat. Yeah, it's snowcat. A construction vehicle and were able to dig out Taylor and his dog. Uh, Taylor and his dog were found in good condition with bad uh, Mexican breath. The horse, the horse, the sheriff's office. Where did I get horse? <laughs> but they were hungry after being stuck in the snow for was five it a horse? days. Of course, of course. <laughs> it was a horse, of course. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Why didn't the horse just give him a ride out of town? I wonder if the dog ate hot sauce, too. And do you think hot sauce, they say hot sauce saved his life. I don't think so. He would have survived. Uh, it probably made it a little more. Well, no, I don't even know if it would have made him yeah. satisfied his hunger. But. I guess it. If, if you're hungry enough, you you. I oh, probably, I'd, I would eat in the car seat. Oh, I'd eat bugs off the ground if I was hungry. Absolutely, enough. I eat bugs off the ground sometimes just for fun. That's because you're weird. Hey, hey, what the heck? Hey, I pity this headline. <laughs> Police called to check on cardboard cutout of my pillow CEO, <laughs> Mike Lindell. I love Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. He is awesome. That guy's. Have you ever heard his story? Oh, yeah. Mike was a druggie. Yes. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, bad. He's got a good story. You guys should look it up. It really is Police cool. officers in Jordan, Minnesota, were called to check on the welfare of a man standing motionless outside in the cold, wearing no coat, and <laughs> hugging a pillow. When officers arrived, they found the quote-unquote man was actually a cardboard cutout of my my pillow CEO, Mike Landau. I've got a my pillow. Do you? No. I love it. You do like it. I do like it a lot. Those cardboard... What's his new product? Oh, he's got a, a pillow topper for your bed mattress, yeah. a mattress topper. He's just double dipping now. <laughs> Those cardboard cutouts sure can look real from a distance, and the caller certainly was not wanting to get too close, thinking it was a deranged person standing out in the cold hugging a pillow. Uh, the Jordan Police Department shared in a Facebook post, always better to call the police. Absolutely. Lindell himself shared the police department's post, calling it, I'm real. I'm Mike Lindell. This is unreal. Unreal. Buy a pillow. I'll give you one free. Yeah. This cardboard CEO isn't the only inanimate object getting cold weather welfare checks uh, checks doing, especially during <laughs> this Minnesota winter. In front of the uh, in front of the uh, Basilica 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 of St. Mary in Minneapolis. How'd you get here? I rode my Basilica. <laughs> my Basilica. Uh, <laughs> or Basilica. <laughs> Lies a sculpture of a homeless Jesus. Well, by definition, he was a homeless. Absolutely, he yes. was. Visible right along 
Uh, Hennepin Avenue. The statue looks so real that people are calling 911 concerned for someone overexposed to this brutal cold. <laughs> Y'all come help Jesus. I have. <laughs> please come to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I have witnessed an ambulance pull up and people coming out and realizing it was a sculpture. Sometimes people call 911 when they drive by and they see, said John Van Parius, director of something of sacred something something. Did you listen to a lot of Van Parius growing up? No, I really didn't. I saw him in concert. February 2019 was the fourth snowiest month on record for Minnesota. That's got nothing to do with this story. The month was also marked by extreme cold that forced many school districts to close or delay start times. You know it's cold if they close schools in Minnesota. Minnesota. We down here in the south, we'll close schools. Somebody spits on the sidewalk. It's cold talking about it. Let's go somewhere warm. Did you hear my... (sighs) Headline is Florida man sets his own car on fire at the impound lot. Who's cold? Orange County deputies say a man went to the impound lot Saturday to pay to have his car returned, but instead he set fire to the vehicle. An employee at All Make Auto Shop said he received a call from Ayab Muli. Yeah, basically, that was his most. That was that was probably the most accurate you were going to be, even if you tried. Okay, I'm going to try it for real. Ayub Muli. Actually, I think if you really break it down, you can do this. Ayub Muli Abdulrahman. Okay, Abdul. Not making fun of the guy's name. It's just hard for us. I am. Well, no, it's just hard for us simpletons to come up okay. and say that name. Ayub Mule. It looks like Mule. A- Ayub Mule. Abul- tr- A- Abdulrahman. Abdul Ab- Ab- Abdul. No, no, no. Abdulrahman. Abdulrahman. No. Okay, yes. Abdulrahman. Yes, that's it. That's good. You got it. Age Ab- 27. Oh. Saying he wished to pay the fee so he could have his Nissan Altima removed from the lot. But when the employee arrived, he- th- that guy <laughs> was not there, according to the report. As the employee was leaving the business, he got a call from another employee who said there was a fire at the lot. So he turned his vehicle around and saw Abdullah Rahman running away from the lot. Uh, Deputy said the employee followed Abdullah Rahman until he arrived and detained him. Surveillance video from the business showed Abdullah Rahman lighting bottles on fire. Oh, he made some Molotov cocktails. Yeah, well, he was thirsty. And threw, throwing them over the fence. And I bet he did. Here's what it was, Craig. He wanted them to pull the car around get distracted by a fire in the lot, and he was going to take off with his car. That's exactly what was going to happen here. But he threw it onto <laughs> his own car. <laughs> he didn't realize he was, he was going to hit his own car. I don't know if that's true. You're, you're kind of... That's got to be it. A lot of conjecture there. That's got to be it. Abdullah Rahman was arrested on charges of arson of a convenience. What's that? Convey- Since- <laughs> okay, first of all, it's the word conveyance. <laughs> and possessing or manufacturing a firebomb. You're a firebomb. <laughs> hey, it's time for the Mark Patch Top 10. Coming to you all the way from us to you <laughs> yeah. and Mark Patch. Mark Patch is going to be real proud of this one. Yeah, he is. Top 10 best-selling songs in Austria in 2005. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> this list comes to us from thetop10s.com. They had a real slow week over at thetop10s.com. Whew, so here we go. The top 10 best-selling songs in Austria. Get down. Get down. In number 2005. 10. Number 10. Le ca- le, uh, <laughs> La Camisa Negra by Juanes. Juanes? That's exactly oh, what I was hoping for when I made when I, when I downloaded this list. Oh, my gosh. What, I couldn't get through it? Well, <laughs> that, you got to try the next one. Number 9. Dying 2005 by Die Firma. Number 8 of the 10 oh, best-selling songs. One. In Austria, Austria in 2005. We should look up these songs. Numb 
Encore. Oh, that. Jay-Z, That's what I'm Jay- saying. Jay-Z and Linkin Park. Uh, number seven was The First Day of My Life by Melanie C. How would she remember that day? <laughs> number six, Emanuela by Fethis Brought. Uh, number five, Push the Buttons by Sugar Babes. Number four of the top ten best-selling songs in Austria in 2005. I don't know why we're going back that far. Uh, 19 years ago. Um, Chips in Black, Who You Gonna Call That's by Ghostbusters. Chips. Yeah. Uh, number three, Lonely by Akon. Uh, number two, Dirt Den Monson by Tokyo Hotel. <laughs> Go ahead. Take number one, too. Schnappy Das Klein Crocodile by Schnappy. Number one right there. You think I could do it? I didn't. That's the, that's the top ten best-selling I songs. I love Schnappy Das Klein Crocodile. In Austria in 2005. Schnappy. Das Klein Crocodile. Schnappy. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to episode 256. 250. 256. 256. Thanks again, Jason, for being a super listener and for uh, showing me your record collection. Jason. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> hey, Pops. Hope you're doing good. Hi, Mom. All right, everybody. We're going to get out of here because we got, I don't know, we got something to do. I really don't. I got to go make myself another uh, Arnold Palmer. Ooh, I love Arnold Palmer's. All right, we'll see you guys on the flip side. That's an L- hey, that's a vinyl reference. Peace out.